resolutions, eating disorders, and a Thanksgiving recap. All this and more on today's Brilliant Observations. Do, 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 do. Hi, Amy. You've stopped your doot. You did a doot stop. I'm so off key. I'm so off key. Every time I do it, it offends our musical friends. They listen anyway in spite of it. You know what? You know what? I had to rein it back. You know what? You are so up your own crack. Ain't none of that fucking true. Climb out your crack. crack upper. Climb out your crack, Melissa. And recognize... That every beep time to recognize, you better recognize. Everybody want to recognize that we love your do 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 It's the best part of the do, Looney Tunes. Do, 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 do. See, I told you. Thank <laughs> you. There. Thank you. You got you, it. We're, now we're like the salivating dogs. That's how it happens. We've become accustomed. Is it kind of like when you go, like, you? okay, for me, I save the best for last, right? So if I'm eating a meal, just picture a hungry man dinner, okay. right? Okay. Yes, got it. Um, you you eat the necessary chicken, which is also fire, by the way. I would kill for it right now. Then you have that yummy buttered corn, but you save that brownie or God fucking help you if it's a cobbler. Fuck you. Um, but you save that very unique tasting brownie for the very end, right? Yeah. It's your last bite. It's the best part. Although the corn, I could argue, is also excellent. I, sugar? I don't know what they do. If that drops on the floor and the dog eats it really fast... How can you go on with your life? Well, like you, there's, just, you don't have a dog anymore, exp- number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the end of that relationship. Out the door you go. Bye. Sorry. It was nice But like your you. brain expects it and it's on its way there. And when it doesn't hit or, or just like a really good bite that somehow falls or drops or you, you can't eat it. Don't you feel empty inside? Don't you feel like you're completely missing something and you need to like fill that void with something? Empty inside. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of no? weight on a brownie. It's just me. No, I, I, me? I have felt culinary emptiness when deprived of my favorite food. It's a great phrase, culinary <laughs> emptiness. It's actually how I felt on Thanksgiving. But really, I, I, have, I experience it in a vastly different way. I... I can say with confidence that I have never experienced stolen food lack and longing because my body, look at the size of it, knows there's always more food. There's always more brownies. You can always find another brownie. So I don't feel that. I feel culinary emptiness when I have desired, coveted, longed for, assembled, created, purchased, traveled to some food item and then I finally receive it, taste it, savor it and it sucks. It just doesn't live up to the thing. That's <laughs> so sucks. that that I can't get over. That there's that, this, that I dreamt about this. That I traveled heartache, for this. That heartache stays. It stays with you. It changes you. It's a little mark on your heart. <laughs> That you just have to scab over. It never goes away. It changes you. The world Going to Mike's is forever for a cannoli different. and it's closed. And, and cheapened <laughs> and worsened, honestly. No, and I, no, no, no. Because if you go to Mike's cannoli and it's closed, 
it'll still be there when you can come back. That's a solvable problem. The real devastation is when you finally get into Mike's cannoli. This is not true about Mike's cannoli. We'd have to just be clear ahead of time. But if you finally get into Mike's cannoli and you order the damn thing and you place that still fat-tasting, crusty, savory, delicious, delicious pastry in your mouth and it starts to flake and then the cream (laughs) into your mouth and fills your entire mouth cavity with taste and flavor. And then if for some reason... It wasn't everything that you had longed for. And instead, maybe the, the custard and the cream felt like greasy instead of creamy. And the pastry oh, I would die. was gummy instead of flaky. And the whole thing kind of fell apart. Or it was just that egg, flavorless egg that makes you feel like a supermarket French cruller that wasn't the actual thing. And you're thinking, I've been cheated. Out of my life is a lie. That's all you think. That, my friend, is unrecoverable. That's unrecoverable. You can't come back tomorrow when they're open and a better baker is there. You're just fucked. And that relationship that you had is a lie. And you're devastated and it never comes back to you. That's so happy. Happy. Good morning. Have a happy great day, right. guys. <laughs> I'm taking it to the next. I'm going to I'm going to extrapolate a little bit further. You've been told that something is great. You've been told. Right, right, right. And it doesn't meet your expectations. How about when? You have your favorite pancake place for mm-hmm. when you go visit your parents in Florida and oh, they yeah. make oh, this yeah. app this apple pancake that they need to bake and you need to give them twenty minutes notice. Like you're gonna wait a little longer and and, and nostalgia. How about the flavor of nostalgia? Because when you have it again, it's oh. not the same or something's changed. So you have the experience of awesomeness already in your head, not just the hope of it, because other people have led you to believe this place is fire. And you're disappointed. And that turns into a lingering mind fuck because you then, for days later, are trying to evaluate, was it never any good? Was it, it never? Was everything else was, not was good? It never, I- was it never any good? And I just didn't know. I didn't have the life, the, the taste bud experience to know what was coming. And this was the zenith. I never understood that this sucked all along. And now that I return to it or... Is it that it once was excellent and the world has changed, so it has changed, right? Or the one person who made it into his or her 90s has passed and the fucking deadbeat kids don't want to learn the technique because they're too busy. They bought a Vitamix and so now nobody cuts it by hand. Like whatever the fucking thing is. And so your brain is running all these scenarios trying to figure out why, why, why. Why, mouth and stomach? Why? I actually have an example of this that breaks my heart a little bit. Um, are You are a Delaware girl. <clears throat> whoop, whoop. What experience do you have with grottos? A complicated one, but a loving one nonetheless. Grottos for me yeah, I, existed as yeah. a beach activity from the original grottos where the pizza was good. And then it became a franchisable activity and it immediately sucked at both the original beach location and all other locations. But I still have right, to support it. Right, but isn't that it. the same thing, though? Yeah, but they did it to themselves. This is different than if it was like <laughs> Nicola Pizza. No, because Nicola Pizza has Nicola Pizza. and You can get a Nicoboli, and I think they maybe somebody moved to Vegas maybe, and they have one location in Vegas because their brother moved there, something like this. But you can't get it anywhere else, and they don't have 30 stores, and they didn't dilute it, and it still tastes exactly the same when you go there, and it's great. 
right? And it's crazy and it's great. Grotto almost changed their recipe and changed their pizza the mo- like even from the boardwalk. Something happened. It was like Gus and Gus fries on the boardwalks too, right? Whatever happened to them? All of a sudden it's like those big thick steak fries that they're cut from a whole potato right in front of you with that chunk thing with the poor sad summer kids wearing their blue and white shirts having to cut potatoes all fucking day and they throw them in the hot peanut oil and everywhere for blocks around it smells and you can you hear can the crackling crackling yeah. and it fills up the paper with grease when you're trying to walk around and it's so hot you burn your fucking mouth that's fantastic fries and even they're not the same anymore. The potatoes aren't fully cooked. They're frozen in a bag. So do you think do you think it's like that um just wash rear view like that we have the 2020 hindsight or do you do you think it's nostalgia that adds to the flavor because I remember Grotto's as beach pizza too yes, yes. where your your feet are on fire just getting to the boardwalk, just getting in there and then you put on your two dollar dollar nine ninety nine cent flip-flops and you make it inside and you have sand in your crack which by the way is my nightmare and you by the time you sit down with your overly dyed birch beer and this <laughs> i'm drooling now and, and you would send an advanced team everybody else would draw straws because there was no such thing as cell phones you would send the advanced team and you would coordinate with your watches because you couldn't communicate with them once they left you at the beach so somebody would have to go and wait in line because it's always an hour and that poor schlub is up there waiting waiting bored waiting 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 and then you guys would wander up and you finally get the table and sit down it's exactly the scene you portray yeah, and, and and then you take a bite and it's the flat crispy on the bottom and it's pillowy doughy on top and the sauce has a little bit of something in it. You can't really figure out. It's weird. It's different. It's weird and the way they apply tangy, it's almost. tangy and the way they apply yeah. it is weird. They would do it almost as if it was coming out. You know it's out of a spoon, but it's almost like it came out of a squirt bottle because like the precision dollop-y, of it. Yeah. And they would do it in concentric ring circles around circles. the pizza. <laughs> so it's not, so there's portions of the pizza crust that don't have any sauce, just cheese because it's sort of like they do a spiral of the sauce and then a spiral of the cheese like what the fuck are you doing but I don't care because I love it you find yourself with some crust dipping it in other parts of the pizza that do have to sauce try and, make it and back or more into grease like a pizza yes just to try to reassemble <laughs> Avengers assemble so you try to figure that out um, and then the crisp and the taste and the salt and the tang, which uh, don't tell me. And those tables um, are too fucking small because you're right on the boardwalk, right on the beach. And they're trying to pack you in. so hot. So, yeah. You're so, so you're all sandy. bumping into this gigantic hot, too hot because it's fucking hot already. And then they bring out this scalding hot tin circle that's too big for the table. Nobody can eat around it. So you're like trying to jostle. It's a super uncomfortable experience the way we're describing it. But I love it. So good. But the pizza was on fire. The pizza was exactly what you needed. And the birch beer. Crispy, even salty, sticky, it, sweet, all scalding of it together. hot, good looking people, tan faces, seagulls. Let's go. It's great. <laughs> it's fucking great. And then they had to put one on like Route 202 in Pennsylvania. What? What the fuck? I shit? just drove my kid back and forth to college. <laughs> and it's like and some sad, like- drunk college kid who's shuffled in there, half high on vape, walks around with a cool, tepid pizza that they've made like an ordinary pizza with paste At the instead end of, a strip of sauce. Mall. Like, and there's what like are a you video doing? game in the corner and oh. dartboard. Stop it. Wh- why? It's- 
bad. Why am it's I wearing bad. shoes? Why am I in here? I don't understand what's happening. Where's the ocean? Like you're totally what happened missing my red ocean? plastic cup. The whole thing is fucking wrong. It's fucking wrong. Uh, yes. So you need to have scalded bare feet and sticky suntan lotion floating through the air. And somehow these women who look like they've been bronzing on the sun since 1961 and they weigh like eight ounces and all of it bicep muscle. And they come through with three pizzas stacked on top of their head and they're like, here you go, here you go, here you go. And everybody gets it. Oh, man. That's not fucking Route Those 202. Were the days. <laughs> That's not Route 202. At the end of a strip mall next no. to a Burt's and Bees porn shop. and With like a, a yeah. fake stucco outside and a stop it. And you fucking drive so, there in a car. <laughs> so is it nostalgia that makes that first beautiful scene work? And this is just trying to re... It's not the same pizza, right? Right? It's not the completely, same. Completely. In this case, it is completely not the same pizza. It is completely not because they themselves ruined it. I think circumstance conspired to ruin it, but they led the charge. Let's ruin our pizza product. Okay. They, they specifically enough. changed everything about the way they make it, the way they serve it, what's required of it. And then they removed any specialness by being stuck in the wrong location with the wrong ambiance, the wrong everything. Yes. It's a combination of errors. Yeah. Yeah, and that was super disappointing to me. Like, I told you when we grew up, my brothers and I, we ate nothing, right? The fish stick with the tomato sauce on top. R- red sauce? I, I, I get think a... you called it. <laughs> red sauce? Well, it was just a stripe of tomato what did you from call the can. It? Red sauce? You called it something even worse than red sauce. What'd you call it? Plain a... sauce? <laughs> did you call it plain sauce? Because they would serve it to you on a plane? What did you call it? Tomato sauce. It's you called just it, tomato. No, on pod the other time. You, called, you said, I think you called it plain sauce or something like this. It was so awful. All right. Continue. The whole thing. You Tomatoes on fish sticks. But don't I go. Have, no, no, go. Don't go. Okay. But I have nostalgia for shit like that, too. And that's not going to be good. Like no, no, no. That wasn't good to begin with. That's not really nostalgia, honey. I feel like that's abuse. I think that's culinary trauma. Coming back to okay, revisit. culinary trauma. Coming back okay. to revisit. And if you're longing for it, there's something called Stockholm Syndrome, where I think you have yeah. identified with yeah. your captors, right? And you've mistaken yeah. sustenance for nurturing love and care. It's not the same. It's not fish sticks with plain sauce, otherwise known as <laughs> a stripe of tomato paste, is abuse. Yes. That's abuse. That is absolutely traumatic culinary abuse. Well, I stopped the cycle. I did not pass it on to my children. Oh, um, and this year we did a catery uh, Thanksgiving. My in-laws came in and we did Whole Foods was kind enough to make our Thanksgiving dinner and their stuffing was ass. So you're yeah. kidding. How many? Yeah, it was terrible. How many days is too many days to eat leftovers from Thanksgiving? Go. If they suck every day. You throw that shit out. You don't keep it left over. I would say one, two days because you don't eat it the next day. So it it it, oh, it relaxes yeah. for a day. It gets a vacation day and then you can consume it on the second day. And then really, we're, we're done with you. I'm done with this holiday. And if I want to continue this holiday food fest, I'm going to make fresh food. Out it goes. Goodbye. But I have a vast, I have two factors that disqualify me 
frankly, from answering this question. And the first is, my Thanksgiving holiday is always spent traveling, always, always, always. So I never have leftovers because I don't bother to transport them. It's never been worth it for me to pack a cooler and all this crazy. So leftovers are never part of my equation anyway. And leftovers are very rarely part of my equation ever anyway, in any case for anything. I don't eat, the, I eat the food. It was prepared. We, we're done with this relationship. I don't want it again, ever. And no one in my house will eat leftovers. So I have become quite adept at cooking the proper portion so that there's not as much waste. And if there is some leftover, out it goes. Into the yard, into the dog bowl, into the trash. There's leftovers in me are not friends. That's what I say. Into the yard. I so don't want to be your neighbor. Is that a turkey outside? We have, <laughs> we have birds and wildlife and foxes and coyotes and deer and all sorts Chicks of things. and ducks. And, and I guess we have all these scurry. things because I'm constantly throwing meat scraps out there. But anyway, okay. Yes, two days. I did watch my mother-in-law eat turkey for, well, we don't eat till noon. So breakfast, whatever, the next day. And I thought, this is bad hosting. This is just bad hosting. Why did she choose so this? Because she's crazy. She wanted it. She no, thought this turkey's so good, I'm going to eat it again. Or is she from 1930 and decided, here's a food product. Feed the hump. I'm a camel. When you see. I think it's yeah. breadline mentality. I yep. think it's the, oh, no, no, no. There's protein on the We're table. Not We're waste this eating turkey. it. It's still yes. a turkey. I don't have to have joy in every meal. <laughs> Do you People think feel it. pain when you throw <clears throat> out food the way she no. does? No. Uh, there are. Limited circumstances when I will feel a pang of it, but no. For the, no, I feel pain when I throw out clothing. I feel pain when I even donate oh. clothing or shoes or I won't ever get rid of a book. I'm, you know, it's, with libraries in every damn room. And that's the problem. Even books I don't want, I can't, I can't divest of them. I can't. It's very difficult. But food, food has a shelf life. And I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm ruthless about it. It, it's, it stops being food. At a certain point, do you know what I mean? It, it migrates over into, in the same way that I will absolutely relax the safety rules of food that's been left out too long, of something that's on the counter overnight. I'm going to fucking eat it in the morning. That's my 1940s mentality. I have no problem. Like what? I have no problem. Well, I, you and my my best friend Janine and you know my fucking husband people want to get all like bent out of shape about shit that's left what out what the fuck are you eating that you left out overnight everything that's going to make you crazy if you want to defrost your meat I will leave it on the counter and you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to defrost it slowly in a refrigerated environment from the freezer I know this I know food safety and sanitation rules I know this I'll take that brick a slab or something and throw it on the counter and when it's ready to go I'll put it in the pan I don't fucking care get sit there all day that's fine I bought things at the market to make dinner and I made dinner and I hadn't fully put everything away because I came in from shopping straight to make dinner and I had some meat on the counter and by the time I served the dinner, my husband was flipping out that all the meat had spoiled. And I'm like, it's been sitting out for an hour while I made dinner. Do you, do you think it sits in a truck? Do you think that the, I mean, I get that the time it takes for it to be out of cold storage in my shopping cart, in my car, on my kitchen counter. Yeah, that's, that's not great. And the longer it sits there is not great either. And putting it in the refrigerator is no big deal. But I was going to process it. 
I had bought a big thing of chicken and I was going to cut it all down and put it into smaller containers so that I could get to it easily, right? So I was leaving it out on purpose. I wasn't just leaving it out because I couldn't be bothered to open the refrigerator door. But he was acting like I'd left some kind of nuclear bomb on the counter and I was having us all eat radioactive waste. It's ridiculous. You're fine. You can eat a little bit of dirt. You can eat a little bit of salmonella. You can eat all these terrible things. You're going to have to delete all this because you can't do any of those things. I'm advocating totally terrible things. This is what Gross. I do. Come on. Come on. I won't Come delete on. it, you though. Do- I want people to hear that you'd eat all this shit off the... I just watched I- the Seinfeld episode where George took an eclair out of the trash, and but it was I sitting on a doily. I took cream cheese out of the trash yesterday. Out of the trash. <laughs> and I put it in the chicken salad. And guess what that chicken salad was? Delicious. Because I heard the kid. It was in a sealed tub with a lid. And the kid said to my husband, we don't have any bagels left. There's basically one tablespoon of cream cheese. Can I throw this out? And before I started to say, no, don't throw it out, he, dad he says, yes, you can. And I thought, it's not worth fighting. If I've got tons more cream cheese. I'm not going to worry about it. But when I was making the chicken salad, I thought, there's nothing wrong with that fucking cream cheese. And it's sitting on top of coffee grounds and some napkins in a sealed container. I mean, nobody's throwing up in the trash and putting in body parts. Can we talk about putting cream cheese in chicken salad first? What? Yeah. What's what? What happened? Is that a regular additive to? Is that a regular ingredient in your chicken salad? It it is from time to time. What I like to do now, because I'm interested in increasing the protein uh, content of all of of my meals. Right. So I want that creamy, thick texture I want it I want it to be a hearty taste I want it to have good flavor so I cut the amount of mayo that I use and I substitute cream cheese so I'm actually sneaking in just a the scant amount of protein but also it's slightly lower it's significantly lower in fat but at the same time it it, it really bulks it up and it makes it more like it sounds amazing it sounds delicious I made that um sweet potato concoction stack thing I took out the mandolin which oh you would think God. would slice beautifully because it's sharp as fuck and it was challenging to slice the sweet potato perfectly everything was challenging and my son said do you have to do it savory can you use like brown sugar and butter instead and I said yes son now you tell I- me I can I can do whatever the fuck you want yes yes I can and I did and although it wasn't as pretty as those perfect round stacks of, of perfect delicious. potato slices. The crispy parts that had brown sugar and butter caramelized on top of it were amazing. <laughs> they were amazing. So well, I'm here I have to, to tell you, down. sweet potato is one of the hardest things to have to mandolin because it's so, so firm and sturdy. Starchy. It's just difficult. It's yeah. difficult to cut through. They're They're hard to cut with a knife. So congratulations for using your mandolin so is a regular potato better to cut on a mandolin <laughs> yeah thousand percent better it's like the difference between cutting about food well the, you can picture cutting a carrot on a mandolin now picture cutting an apple on a mandolin the apple would be easier okay. to cut it's denseness is the yep. issue it's yep. complete yep. all right so i made that as per his request and then my husband's like I like the one with the marshmallows. So while I was out, oh I picked up a small tray of marshmallows um, also. And everybody had what they wanted. Except for my daughter and myself. Because we don't like Thanksgiving meals or sides. I feel like every human, mostly women, has an eating disorder. <laughs> is that 
Is that a fair fact? Yes, on some level. Is that a fair comment to make? And even like if it's every temporary, every single one of yep. them mm-hmm. yep. have yes, a weird yes. relationship with food because I'm assuming because of body issues and what we put in and what I don't know or parental abuse, whatever your initial cause is, I feel. I've spoken with every woman on the planet and every single one of them presents with some sort of eating disorder. And I would like to say, I'm fucking done with it. I am ordering a massive tray of cookies and we are cakes and pies and we are all going to sit at a table, a really big round table that has a lazy Susan as the top and we are going to eat for hours and then just every 20 minutes, we're going to turn it 15 degrees and we're going to eat the (laughs) next thing on that table. This is crazy. Doesn't it? So what do you mean about eating disorder? Do you think at your Thanksgiving table were there guests and attendees? Because I guess they don't count as guests. Were there people at your Thanksgiving table who were consciously talking about eating more, eating Everything less? Everything they limiting? put in their mouth. At Thanksgiving? Yes. I don't you can't you don't even get like to take this. a you don't even get a t- get to take a break on a holiday? Meant where it's centered around the like bounty this, of food in your life. Yeah. I don't normally if eat like If you lived this. in my house and you made kugel every day for me, I would eat it every day. I'm like, well, I don't make kugel every day and you ate it all. So I didn't eat any of it this time. But yeah, every if you look around the table, you think of the woman and you think of their specific comments at dinner. They are all based, rooted, whatever in society's projection of what a woman should be look like taste like whatever i guess you know I what guess. i'm saying and you heard all One the of comments them. that i didn't hear what i heard you just say is a delightful delightful compliment to you that had right. nothing to this do with the, with the woman's yeah if you oh, i would sorry, eat this, this every day because up. you're so spectacular because you have prepared such a treat for me i would become a glutton overnight because everyone would be powerless to your culinary expertise thank you thank you thank you i make you. a mean I'm so grateful. i'm not going to yes. lie yes yes but the follow up was and i would be so fat like the follow up has to do with the next I sentence guess. is what's I really guess. powerful saying I don't normally eat like this, Melissa. Like, don't, first of all, don't tell me. Like, I, it's just my house. All I'm doing is providing the place for you to go. This is Whole Foods. Yes, I made these sides. And I brought in apple pie, blueberry pie, pumpkin pie. By the way, nobody touched the pumpkin pie. Pecan pie. I brought in <laughs> pumpkin loaf with that cream cheese filling. The Amish took care of us, as did Whole I Foods. I would say, and- holy and all of the Italian bakery cookies that I brought in, you know, those little pink and green trees oh, yes. with the chocolate. Picture your cookie book, rip it into tenths. One tenth of those were <laughs> sitting at our table. <laughs> Don't rip it. I really want to see the cookie book. Did you make any cookies from your cookie book? No, 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 no. I haven't I haven't been making any food like that. And also, remember, we were traveling. So what I did do was uh, I ordered... This time, going back home to be with family and see family, there's an apple orchard about 20, 30 minutes outside of our of our house, which was when you were in grade school, you would once a year take a field trip to the apple orchard and everybody would pick apples and then play their orchard games, all the kind of stuff, you know. So make a whole there day. There better of it. be donuts involved in that trip. I pre-ordered four dozen apple cider donuts to give to everybody where Bad we were going. Girl. Right. And everyone mocked me when I picked up the four when the I had the guys pick up 
the four dozen apple cider donuts. And they're like, we're never going to get through this. And I had to fight them off to prevent them from all being consumed before out the door they went to the various places In we the were car. going. I should yeah. have gotten six. No, I mean, I this was, yeah, it was ridiculous. Everybody's like, we'll never go through a four dozen apple cider donuts. Meanwhile... <laughs> In the first 30 seconds, boot, and I got to say. One dozen's gone. Milburn Orchards, nobody does a freshly fried, immediately dusted apple cider donut like these people do. It's they come in a wax bag, just tucked into the bag, still 1940s style. And the bag right, after a while paper, starts to get a little bit it would go right through, through it. it. Yeah, and it still goes, oh my God. They're, and the flavor of them, you just, you can't get it. And you just can't get it. So it was a wonderful that was nostalgia done right. It was a crazy taste that we had all sort of forgotten yeah. about, you know, because you can get a pie, you can get a whatever, you can get the sides. And it was like, oh, yeah, I haven't had that since I was in fourth grade. It was delicious. So that's kind of stuff. So, no, I didn't cook anything, but it was still delightful. And because my sister is now hosting the actual meal for Thanksgiving every year, last year she did, and it was spectacular. This year outdoes herself again. She'll sneak in all these new things and oh my God, oh my God, it's going to sound really weird. And very few people even tried it except for me. And it was the best dish on the table. It was a beet salad. So she had roasted, she had roasted these cranberry, blood cranberry red beets and put them all around in a, you know, chopped them up nice around the outside of the dish. And then inside was a mixed, do you know the sunrise beets that are sort of, there are three different colors in one. It's orange and yeah. yellow and red. So those were in there, but also roasted butternut squash. And um, she threw in some pepitas for crunch. And I'm trying to think mm. of what else. was. Oh, the plumpest dried cherries you would have thought. We thought they were dates. They were that big and that plump. So it was, it was just, I can't even remember all the stuff that was in it. You would just keep eating it and eating it. And all the flavors melded together. And she even said there was supposed to be goat cheese on top, which she forgot. And I hate goat cheese. So I'm so glad that she forgot it. It was the best. It was just so creamy and delicious. It was like an alternate, alternate mashed potato stuffing situation that was spectacular. I got to tell you, we ask for feedback every fucking episode. And it is always bizarre to me what people do feedback Really? And this is probably this recipe that you're half-assing, but in just with pornography, <laughs> is probably the thing in this episode that will get us, hey, Amy, I need to know what that recipe is. It sounded amazing. That's the that's the weird thing as opposed to when I say, dear listener, please tell us what sides you made or what meal surprised you this year. Write us at brilliantobservations at gmail.com. But they're not going to write what I'm asking for what I'm asking. They are going to say, send me that recipe. But it's at brilliantobservations at gmail.com. Go to, oh, oh, like I said, go to Instagram, listen brilliant, and put up a picture of your guilty porn love, whatever, your shame your fuck no, from last week. Your no tell bang, I think is what it was, if I recall. And if you don't know what that is, dear listener, go back. It's it's really worth it. We want to know. Time to get caught up. Um, but also, Time to get caught up. Yeah. Find us on Facebook, Brilliant Observations, and Brillob Squad, which is where from this coming Monday on, I will be posting lyrics on Mondays for you to give me the next line. I am going to find what I hope to be an obscure lyric, and we are going to play a game every week, and you will... Just give us the next lyric. 
So I have to do that. I've been making a list and checking it twice. Going to find out who's Jewish and nice. So I love to put out recipes, and I will absolutely get that one from my sister and put it out. And I will steal her recipe, Speaking whether of she knows it or not. Jewish and nice, I watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, I had a friend go to that. How was it? It was probably the best musical anything I've seen on Oh TV? my god. I don't know that I've seen it, it was amazing. I'm gonna miss tons of people who got inducted, but Pat Benatar, the arrhythmics, are you sitting? I see that you are. Dolly Parton and Lionel Richie and Eminem. Uh what? Duran Duran. Uh, yes, please. Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Duran Duran. I was I don't really like Simon LeBon, but I, I have because I think he's an arrogant asshole, but that's only because he's been touring so much now like on John TV Taylor. shows that mm-hmm. I'm like, I loved John Taylor. Yeah, I get it. And Roger, mm-hmm. like they were all there and they were fantastic. They do have younger members of the band because, hello, we're old guys. <laughs> Wild boys. So old guys. So <laughs> I watched this and John Cougar Mellencamp came out oh. to speak because there was an inductee who was their lawyer. He was their agent. He was their, and they've, I don't ever remember seeing a lawyer inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but three points from the whole thing. They inducted a lawyer and he's an old Jewish guy. Oh, he must have helped everybody. He's an old Jewish guy. He helped everybody. And Mariah Carey came on and said, you know, without him, I wouldn't be sitting here. He negotiated. He was, he's like a friend of the artist and he represented them well. And they all came sting and Bono. They all did a video to speak for him. Blah, blah, blah. John Cougar Mellencamp gets up and he gives this speech about, you know, how he helped him and what a great guy he is. And then he says, gives another three solid minutes on anti-Semitism and, these these this is our family how dare you turn on and and anti anti-semitism <laughs> whatever he gives i was worried for a minute i thought guy. i thought i'm not sure i thought the night was great and then all of a sudden yeah no 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 okay there we go um springsteen was there every ll cool j was there um dr dre inducted um eminem and pink came out to induct dolly parton and dolly parton got up and said I don't think I've done, and I'm a country girl. I don't think I've done enough to be in the rock and roll. So last night or this past week, I wrote a rock and roll song, and she did. And the Zach Brown band played with her, and out oh came Sarah Bareilles, who could sing the phone book, and I would cry. It was Sheryl Crow came, and she was like, it was so fucking good. Well, now I'm and starting to understand why my friend was having an insane. She was just her her whole body was popping in every possible direction. So unbelievable. It was so this in Cincinnati, right? She's, she's either in this that city one, or... I think was in Charlotte. So, but this begs the question, why are you not going? What are we going to? How could this be? Let's pick one. Nothing could top what I just saw. I mean, Jerry I agree. Lee and I think died. it's fantastic. Uh, did that top it? <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis died. And I was like, isn't he that fucker who married his 14 year old cousin? Like, isn't he a despicable human being? And there and the people around me are like, yes, but his music was great. I'm like, all right, there's a precedent for Michael Jackson. There's Easy a now, precedent for yes, separating the art from the artist. There's a whole. But what are we going to go see so on that scale? I don't know, man. It was. Dolly alone, Lionel. Oh my God, I love Lionel Richie. And he performed 
Oh, who else? There was one more. Uh, Carly Simon was wow, and she was the videos they showed of her, but she wasn't there because both of her sisters died within one day of each other, and oh, she was still God yeah. So just and then you got to see James Taylor at seventeen singing with her. It was amazing. It is on HBO. Go find it. You can watch it on demand. Everybody has HBO, right? Yes, it's issued. At Everybody, birth. yes. It's issued yes. at birth. It's in, in every America. package. Go yeah. see it. Totally worth it. You will love it. You Thank get your HBO later. subscription before you get your social security number. Everyone has HBO. That's correct. what I'm talking about. And now I can so already hear it. I, ex- I can hear it. I'm sorry. I, it, it, we haven't even, we haven't even, you have not even edited the show. I've not even sent the show to you. And I can already yes. hear from Maine. I don't Go have ahead. HBO. I don't have HBO. I've never had HBO. <laughs> I would never have HBO because HBO doesn't like the whales or whatever the thing is, or we just don't need it. That's a super Here, weird flex. I'm gonna have in to Maine. Say. We use in Maine. We use B O H, and it means something else, and it's bring, locally bring sustainable. And you get a, you get right. you get an extra penny off when you recycle your bottles at the Redemption Center, and all the things that happen. I just I I just love my and it feeds so the much. whales, and it and and right. also and also there can be no objection to it. It can just be the the simple shrug. It's like I see no need for it. My life is full anyway. I'm outdoors at five a.m. Go dumping my whole body, dunking my whole body up to my Adam's apple in ice cold water, and you know. I'm hanging out with my dogs on the deck, and it's it's 13 degrees outside, and we love it. We just put on a coat. I mean, the whole thing. I could not love them anymore, and they make no sense. <sighs> Dear listener, do you me. have friends like that in the in New England who just have have the Kool Aid has we become part different of their planet. blood? Yes, that's <laughs> New England, a different planet. That's their new tagline. It goes right on the license plates. It'll be great. So I did discover listening to verbiage at Thanksgiving that everybody has an eating disorder. So mm-hmm. no one human is special for that unless you're actively, you know, projectile vomiting to avoid weight gain. But everybody had some sort of mental dysfunction. And I thought, this is great. Look what we've all done to each other. This is terrific. So Thanksgiving, a misnomer, maybe. I don't know. I overate, which was I, – I – and moving into a time when I'm, again, becoming really conscious of what I'm eating and I'm focusing on health and all this kind of stuff. And so for this day, I put all that aside, everything in moderation, including moderation. So today I will do whatever my stomach what, and mouth calls for, right? Let's go. And I over it just was so easy to overeat when you haven't been eating very much up until that point. So I, I hurt myself. My stomach was too full. And it came time. I didn't do anything this time. I didn't prep the meal. I didn't cook the meal. I didn't clean the house. Normally I'm doing all of those things. I was a proper guest. So what I should have automatically done is our family habit to do is the thing that's foreign to me, which is to walk into the kitchen after the meal and begin cleaning everything. Because these are, this is fine China. You don't, you don't put it anywhere. You've got, everything's a hand wash. You've got it. And my sister, that's her jam. It's like going to Downton Abbey. She loves all that stuff. So every single thing, there's 9,000 dishes per person, right? I went and I sat on the sofa and I watched the football game and everyone else was washing the dishes. And I sat there, honestly, trying not to explode. I ate way too much food, but in a good way, but I need to break out of that cycle. I need to be the one who is incapable of sitting on the sofa. I need to be so mired in must help, must help, must help. 
I, even when I physically can't do it, I'm going to find a way to lean on the counter and wash those dishes. I've lost that gene. 2020, menopause, who knows what. The combination, I've fundamentally lost the got to do it when I don't want to do it gene. Because it used to be, my whole life was, of course I'm going to do the thing I don't want to do. <laughs> who cares if you want to do it? This is what we're doing. And that doesn't exist anymore. So I really, really respect and also miss that thing in me where if there's, that you know. motor. Yes, I don't think, I'm trying to think, when I came home after the meal, we stay at my parents' house, my whole family of five stays at my parents' house, and unusually now, our whole extended family travels to my sister's instead of coming to my parents. That's the shift. So we went back from my sister's to my parents' house where we stayed, and the idea would be, the meal is cleaned up because it was not even at that house, let's all sit and talk or watch a TV or sit around the table and have a drink or do the things. Everyone did that. I walked into that house and I went straight upstairs and I got in the bed and I laid in the bed and I've laid in the bed until it was completely bedtime and I went to sleep and I didn't come back down and it was weird and I was missed and people were saying, well, I guess she went to bed, you know, and I could hear them talking and I just stayed up there. You My were... body needed it. Okay. My body needed it. And I, I felt odd and I felt I owed them an explanation and I didn't give them one. I, I sort of laid there thinking, this is what I need right now. And what can be more important than taking care of my body and my needs? Because if I don't have that, am I going to die? You're useless. I mean, no, you're useless well, to everybody I, else around you. Three years ago, me would have been sitting downstairs, extremely uncomfortable, unable to really follow along in the conversation, hiding the look on my face so that nobody knew, and just praying and counting the minutes until it was time to go upstairs without being noticed. I've, I've done that for years. I've done that. And I didn't do that this year. So is that a good thing? It feels like it was not a good, I don't feel like either one of them is good. I don't know what's good. If your body needed it, you honored your body. And I'm a fan of, of honoring the body. Well, I'm trying, um, that's this whole self-care bullshit. So I'm trying to do it. So okay. Score one for me. Thinking of your, thinking of your self-care resolution pregame. What, what are you resolving early? Are you skipping December and deciding to share your resolutions what do you mean by well, pregame? we are at our house in the process of replacing things that have worn out and buying new pretty things and all the rest. So it's sort of a, a season of transition. Our friends have rent moved into a new house and they're renovating it. And it's sort of the, the idea where it's let's freshen up. Let's do it. Oh, that looks nice. Let's do that. So there's all these sort of projecty things going on. And they're taking forever and they're difficult to manage because with supply chain and shipping delays and all the rest of it, you can't do everything all at once. You got to just sort of wait around for this piece to fall into place and that piece to fall into place. And it occurs to me that that's the better way to handle January resolutions. Instead of just waiting for two days before, oh, fuck, I got to come and up with one of these now. And then blowing it two days after. And then right? blowing it two days after. To why not actually put a little thought into... There's a whole year coming. That calendar is going to get wiped clean. We're going to rip that page off and start again. 12 good slots. Let's see what happens, right? So it's as arbitrary as anything else, but let's use it. What's something that at the end of next year, I would love to claim or transform or own or have or decide or remove or reduce? Or what is the thing that gradually over 12 months, looking back, because at the end of 12 months, you're going to look back and things can be exactly the same. They can be worse or they can be in a direction better that you wanted them to go. 
So just trying to pregame it by thinking, what is something that at the end of a year, five years, whatever, it, to even look at it this way, when you started exercising, I don't think you set out yeah. to say at the end of a year, I want to be able to ride the Peloton full out, full sweat for 21 minutes and get off it and feel like a million bucks. But that's how you are now, right? That wasn't your, that wasn't your stated desire in the beginning. It was, I would like to not die. And I'm going to do that Correct. by moving my legs in a circle today, right? For as long as my I can. My mommy called me fat. I'm going to move. And, yeah. Right. And after that, 30 seconds is over. I'm going to get off and not move my legs in a circle until tomorrow. And I'll try it again. So it's what at Correct. the end of a year. So I don't have a resolution other than health. I'm, I can't do physically a lot of things because of my age, but more importantly, the state of my body and my age. So I want to regain that that athletic feeling, right? I have this vision of myself where I am still the same person that with the same strength, the same stamina, the same looks, the same appeal, the same everything as 18, 21, 26. I ain't that. I ain't been that in a long time. And it's, there's nothing stopping me. Well, there's nothing stopping me, but me, right? So I'm, I'm interested in having the outside and honestly, the inner workings of the body working. So it's all about health for me. Right. That doesn't just happen when I snap my fingers on January 2nd and say today I will be healthy from henceforward and no more of all the rest. And always with all these others doesn't fucking work. So the pregame is what small things can I institute and or what's what's the end goal? What target can I be working toward? Right. So that at the end of the year, I look back and think, oh, I don't necessarily trace the everyday steps that got me there. But the goal happened because I did them. But I like the idea of giving yourself, it's my small doses thing again. It's, I like the idea of giving yourself 12 months and, and breaking it up and not making it, I want to lose 50 pounds by the end of the, no grand, no grand assumptions or hopes or ridiculous comments. Small pieces this month. I like the, here are 12 clean slots. Let's do this. Mine, I think would be a great purge. I Perfect. think mine would be, you haven't worn these clothes in 10 years. You've moved them to three different houses in those years. What the fuck are you doing? You wear the right. same 10 t-shirts every single day. We are in the middle. If it's we not. Are in the, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> she showed me the t-shirt. We are in the middle of a purge that's not right now. So the purge involves purging it from the space where it was housed and putting it into the transitional space where theoretically it will leave the house, but really it just sits in that room now. So yeah, that's the idea. We don't need all this stuff. And part of it helps us that I've got another one going to college. Theoretically, I've got another one going to college next year. So as they migrate out for larger and longer stretches of time, that leaves the house. It just can't be this receptacle of all these clothes and things. And it's got to be out, 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 out. At a certain point, it's got to go out the door and not come back in. So purge, can you imagine? Can you imagine a baby purge every month? And then at the end of the year, how much how much lighter the whole place will feel. You could float away like that house and up. It'd be fantastic. That's what I want. Attach balloons to me, babies. I'm going up. <laughs> I want to do it. That made me cry. That movie, I could still cry. So I hard. I want to do the purge. I want I want that. I want to be the best friend and support I can be to those I love and that I know I say that that 
I have so few people in my life, it's super easy to concentrate. I am trying to share love to more people. I'm trying to use the word love more freely. That is something that even when I hang up with my parents, I'm not a person to say, I love you. Click. And Amy, I've never hesitated to say it to you. So I know it. I have this like abuse thing. I have this thing where in the back of my head, I don't think about not saying it to them. But recently I was like, wow, even hearing it feels awkward. (laughs) So I am I am spreading more love. I am sharing love, spreading love. If I see you, you will get hugged. If I get a virus, I will regret it. But until then, (laughs) I will be loving and hugging and sharing love because I feel the deprivation we had for two years I feel it in my bones and I didn't realize that I was half made of of other people's love but I am and I am that vessel who does need it so I will be sending it out and I will be receiving it as best I can over the next 12 slots in I your love calendar. It. I love it. And then it's start writing it down. Set some set some targets for yourself. Start thinking about how you can measure it because what gets measured gets managed. Right. So it's crazy that 40 percent of 40 percent more is accomplished when written first. Right. And that's what they did. I say that right. I even think it's higher than that, depending on the way that you you concoct it. Like it's a goal that's written down. Oh, a goal that's written down is 40 percent. You're already 40 percent more likely to achieve it if you simply write it down. Then if you break it down into action steps and or a timeline the success rate jumps to 90%. So if 90% of success is taking a pen and writing some shit down, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So making a plan, are you a planner? Making a plan helps. Mm. It helps accomplish the plan. So I'm I'm just trying to think of my part for the resolution pregame is wanting to know what I want. What do you want? What would make you happy? But some people immediately have it and they can blurt it out and it's a top of mind and it never goes away. I don't, what do you, I don't know what I want. That's the truth. I really don't know what I want. So even figuring out the thing that I want, coming up with what's your why, even coming up with the why, the what, the thing, that's going to take a little time. So right. why Start not put now. some time against it? Why, you know, why not focus on you, you don't get what you want if you don't know what you want. So I got to start there. Right. Figuring out the thing that I want. So I know I want help. That's an easy one. So I'm starting there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my ask this week, dear listener. And you're absolutely going to write for that fucking recipe. But my ask this week is what can you start breaking into doable doses? What are your plans and goals for the coming year? You have an entire month right now to just think about it and and using the think system from Henry Hill. Harry Hill. Henry I'm not going to remember. I was trying to worry, is this uh, is this Pygmalion or Music Man? So I'm not really going to know. It's the Music Man. Did you see Harold. that TikTok? The Music Man, Harold Hill. Uh, That's it. Yeah. The Music Man is on Broadway, and it's one of the Equity Fights AIDS. You know, every once in yes. a while they have a little right. fundraiser at the end of the show, and, and the cast is out with buckets. They just put out a TikTok that... Nicole Kidman, they were bidding on Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Right. A wild cast for this. Amazing. They were auctioning off his hat from B 
being a conductor and this this big red and white massive hat. 76 trombones led the big parade. And it was Nicole Kidman who raised her hand and said, it was like $100, $1,000, $10,000, dollars Nicole Kidman gave. Right in the was middle of the audience. Was she in the she audience? Walked, oh. She was in the audience. She walked 10 rows up and gave Hugh Jackman a huge hug. And, and she... I. I assume she won and she bid on that on his hat on the costumes from the show. That's so uh, $100,000 for Equity Fights Aid. So that was kind of amazing. And there was one more T minus 48. What 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 is that? <sighs> say a little prayer with me. What's happening kids? in say a little prayer with hours. me. Say a little prayer okay. with me kids. Say a little prayer with me. December 1st is the day is when yes. the early decision college to which my son has up. applied. I thought I was done with this. He, so here's how it works. Real brief. Early action means you have applied early and they will answer you early and then you have until May to make a decision. Early decision means you apply early and you put, you are, you're all in, in the all poker game. All those eggs, yep. You, you send in the application and say, if you accept me, college, I will accept you, I will attend your college and I will revoke all other applications and Shun. offers and offers. So it's December 1st. If he's applied early decision to his number one top school and it's, you know, it's not a lock, right? So I thought they would, it would be a rolling sort of a thing. You can only apply by November 1st, by December 1st, they tell you. So I've been on pins and needles until he said, no, they make all their, they announce their decisions on December 1st. And I was like, oh, so it's just one day. So it's not like every day we can be checking the email or not asking to check the email. T minus two days, 48 hours, tick, 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 tick. And then he's already gotten in someplace that is a safety that we don't want to go and He's got a handful of others that are very likely to come in, but this is the one that would that would that would make the smartest decision all around and make him very happy. So, forty-eight hours to go. Oh my god! And my then we'll know, or we'll be crying. Well, and his good friend was a legacy at a very big deal school, and really thought that this was a lock. Then got deferred through early decision which is a stunner, got deferred the night before Thanksgiving and was honestly in tears. And so the two of them, he went into the bathroom at the family home and was, you know, talking him down from how shitty and sucky that is. And as sad as it is, because the friend is far better positioned test-wise, grade-wise, legacy-wise, all act, you know, money-wise, right. all of it, right. all of it, much better position. I liked, I don't want this to happen to this kid. And I think he's ultimately going to get into this place. I still liked hearing his passion and his fear and the ability for my son to be his close friend and to support his friend, but also to know this is important and nothing's a lock. Even when both of your parents are legacies to this very big deal school and you've got all these reasons to say yes, nothing's guaranteed. So yeah, you should be sweating it a little bit for these for these next yeah. two days. This school that you thought you're going to snap your fingers and get right into because maybe you fucking won't. So I, I sort of liked the bite of urgency, which doesn't visit his yeah. doorstep often enough. So anyway, but it could visit really hard on December 1st, in which case I'll be sweating it again. And I'll be like, well, fuck, what are we going to do? But December 1st, December 1st. We had that. And now friends. publicly I get to come and tell everybody whether he did or he didn't. But that's the heartache of it. So fingers it crossed is. that and it works out process. well for him and our family. This would really be great. So I am hoping it's for it too. Three times you need to go through this. Ours were back to back and they were over, but 
Yeah, I, I told you our friends and the whole Michigan story. They are all legacies. They're all alumni. The uncles, the aunts, the parents, the grandparents. The kid right. had a 4.4. He was the head of everything. And he didn't get – he's at Tulane right now. He's right. a really bright fucking kid. And, and that's it's an excellent just, school, but yeah, no, yeah. It's a, it's a very tough to even know. There's no method to the madness. It changes every year. The method changes every year, and it's it's incredibly infuriating. And I thought I was done, and you just you threw me back into the lion's den with the T-minus 48 hours. So I Not will done. be Not done. sending I got one more love. beyond that. Yes. I have a feeling that one's going to get recruited for lacrosse, though. That one's going to get sucked up by somebody who wants to see him play. And I'm knocking on the actual wood. He's he's already been reached out to directly by at least one Ivy League coach who emailed him. I'm like, he's 14. Slow it down. Email us first of all. But yeah, so that's that's nice. Email Brian. (laughs) That's your email. Leave you out of it. All lacrosse things go through Brian. So we'll leave it at that. Hey. I was fucking furious when I finished hosting four days of people and realized that I never served the court of half sour and court of sour pickles that I had purchased for oh, the dinner table. No. I was going to cut those little cute spears and I had the pickle tray. I had everything ready to. It's the little things, isn't it? Fucking furious. Did your sister forget to serve anything? Yes. She forgot to put goat cheese on the beet salad, which I think improved. No, that was good. Right. Which I think improved it. And the only thing that my baby son asked for, she forgot to serve entirely. He asks for rolls. He likes the stupid crescent rolls from the tube. She forgot to fucking make them. Didn't even make them. We thought of you at Costco. Yep. We went to Costco and my daughter picked up an enormous bag of, of dinner rolls. And she goes... Let's do this. What she said, <gasps> let's let's fagazi this. And I said, <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. And what was a huge hit? They were not like light, fluffy, airy. They were like dense, solid, good rolls. They were Rawr. perfect. They absorbed your hot butter that had been sitting on the counter with Amy's chicken see, all day see. to soften up. Yeah, it was great. But those If you're going to ride to the hospital, it ought to be on the back of a hot buttered roll with a little salmonella chicken. I'm just trying to say. It's delicious. Hot buttered roll. Dear listener, what was the best part of your holiday? Do tell us. We'd like to know. We need to know. Thank you so much for turning us on. By the way, you turn us on. So thank and see, you for that. we can get through and we can get through a whole episode without going blue, without going sexual. We should have done this in time for people to have their Thanksgiving travel so they could listen to it. Oh, it's not all and dirty. And we didn't talk about duty at all this entire episode. There was no scatological conversation. That's and right. that's rare for me because you know what they say, everybody poops. So that's big for me. So you're welcome. And again, thank you. We love you guys. And you know my body is filled up with poop. So this would have been the perfect opportunity for me to talk about my post-Thanksgiving dump it a dump But instead, we've spared you that honor. Now it's time for us to say goodnight and goodbye and good luck <laughs> and Godspeed to you. And we'll catch you again next week. You better show up with all of your resolution pregame homework done. Worksheets tick boxed. You better do it. We're watching. Should we? Should I put a worksheet on our site so they have? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. They love they love going there to check that and download it. They love homework. They hang it up in the walls and talk to their friends about it and share it photos on their phone. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Comment on all the socials. I guarantee that's gonna happen. You go first. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. 
<laughs> Made it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Little giblets at the end there. Mm-hmm.